0: This is strictly an Opeon podcast. Listener discretion advised. Okay, so I think that brings us to our first like set of questions. So for every episode, what we do is we have the stress confess segment where we ask a question to our audience and just ask them to give their inputs or confessions or anecdotes, or whatever. So since this mm-hmm. is a lot of about therapy, uh, we asked for this was a question which I think Deshna and I both had in our minds. So the way I heard it first is I was in a debate. So I usually am a public speaker and I get all my inspiration for podcasts from debates. But uh, there was this topic where the topic was this house regrets glorifying letting go. Sort of trauma, whatever. It, could, it was very open-ended topic. Mm-hmm. And one solution mm-hmm. which my team gave was, okay, you can seek therapy if you have any mental health issue. And I remember the opposition, what they said is, you know, that's elitist. And I think that um, she gave a long reasoning, which I don't really remember, but then it sort of got me thinking that um, when you look at it right now, in a way, therapy sort of restricted to urban areas. And we did ask our audience for it. So there were a few confessions which came in, like one person said in like in caps, yes, it is, you know, it's stigmatized. It's not easily accessible. It's not always affordable. Another person says therapy in general is a privilege, not just in terms of means, but also acceptance, but I wouldn't compare it with another solution because therapy is required. And that is a fact. And one person sort of gave a very sort of stated fact that therapy is latest for sure, because if you go to certain hospital chains, they will charge around 3000 for a normal counseling session, which is their basic fee and social media also causes a lot of problems. So I sort of do realize that, you know, as a student and coming from an urban area, I think I can sort of say, you know, take a job, take a leave from college, you know, because, okay, I have like some mental health issues. I cannot handle college for a day, but for someone who comes from a rural area and who does not have that economic stability, they cannot afford to take a day off from their job or from their college or whatever. So do you think therapy is elitist and it is a privilege, especially in India?
1: Okay. Uh, Okay, quickly, like adding to what Tanisha said, um, of course, like in terms of means, that is uh, whether you can or cannot afford therapy, also in terms of acceptance, uh, that is another point of privilege.
0: Like when Tanmay Bhatt opened up about like depression, he said that he's depressed Mm -hmm. and it gave us a shock. He's like, okay, this is a comedian, such a cool, popular guy, whatever. He's talking about depression. A lot Mm -hmm. of thought he was just playing the depression card. So I think, even, like, for a man of his stature to, like, you know, someone who's very well connected because he's such a popular YouTuber, well connected to the audience, people are still dismissing his mm-hmm. uh, mental health struggle as he's just playing the victim. So again, uh, you know, over mm-hmm. here, I think it is privilege in the matter that acceptance is also a big deal. So your opinion on all of that? No,
2: no, hundred percent. So um, I think one thing we have to kind of understand is uh, how we look at. Psyche has changed in India. This is not how we looked at psyche. So it doesn't mean that mental health did not exist before, say, psychologists and psychiatrists. It's just, uh, I think, even now, most Indian households still have a guru, right? And guru, gurus were the therapists of that generation, and still now, till now. And because we have been a very collective, holistic societies, we sought for mental peace and uh, whatever self-care and all of this with our family in our community in in that communal sense therapy is a very we have to accept this and uh, fortunately unfortunately i don't know what uh, but we are also becoming an individualistic society right and the idea of having one person with privacy and confidentiality in itself is huge like try to close your door in your own house and your mom comes and screaming at you, why do you need to close your door, right? So just that one person privacy concept is alien to us. cause course, there is stigma around it and I, uh, let me slowly come to that. But and understand that uh, just the perception, it's a cultural shock, okay, it doesn't mean that m- Uh, mental health care and people did not in indians did not and did never thought about oh how to take care of ourselves mentally and spiritually it's just that we did it very differently and this is a new type of thing right and and as the shift happened we realized that okay gurus and all of this cannot cure some very severe illnesses right so for example schizophrenia and all of this so we only sought western medicine in terms of mental health when it came to that severe space now we are also opening up to therapeutic spaces because we are becoming more individualistic in nature we have a self independent of our family independent of our clan independent of our caste all of that so this is a shift that's happening and yes it is a it is a matter of privilege it is a matter of culture as well let's also understand that that some people uh, so there is good research showing this that so for example in more holistic societies which is japan india and all of these like the eastern societies and western societies when you think of the self different parts of the brain light up so when a person in the western more atomistic society mm-hmm. thinks of the self and thinks of the thinks of their mom the, there are two different parts of the brain light up, whereas when uh people in japan or india think of their mom and themselves it's pretty much the same so how we perceive self is different so it's a shift that's happening and and we need that shift for example for sure right because we have seen that there is a reason that we are shifting towards a more scientific up- approach instead of say gurus and shamans and all of this because we have all okay. You no, know, this makes more sense. This is more uh, transparent. Anyone can actually study it, and and it's more demo- democratic as well, right? So anyone can actually go and study this. There is no casteism in this. In this. There is there are, and many many things, right? So overall, there is a cultural shift that's happening. So which we have to be slightly aware of. B yes, it is an urban thing because cosmopolitan cultures are more individualistic than. Rural cultures, right, in India. See, yes, the stigma persists. There is value in therapy, there is value in uh, psychiatry, there is value in all of this. But since it's such a new thing, we need to sort of take, we need to meet the others where they are as well even in my family no one understood what is psychologist right and like my mama whereas he has been a very spiritual person uh, he's been quite into philosophy he's quite into spirituality and now slowly he understands okay like okay this is what she's talking about this is the kind of work she does so we have to meet them we have to explain to them ha, the self exists without the family the self exists without the mom and dad and this is how we take care of it and this is and uh, like if I have OCD does not mean my mom also has OCD and so I'm taking care of this person and these this is a new lens of looking at things and it's okay Let's bring bring all of them together. And does not mean I reject everything else. Like I have clients who pray, who are religious, and it works for them. So why not, right? Yet they come and take, seek help in a more medical way as well. So these are perspectives. There are uh, differences. There are privileges for sure. There is privilege of uh, knowledge, privilege of exposure, privilege of environment, and privilege of individuality. But there are cultural
0: differences as well. What are the alternatives to therapy for someone who cannot afford, like someone who cannot put in six thousand per month? Is I mean, I know you mm-hmm. talked about like not dealing with best friends and like shopping is not the only answer. So what would you advise to someone who needs an alternative who needs help but cannot afford therapy?
2: So if you join a group therapy session, for example, a support group, they are significantly cheaper. I I take like about five hundred per session for that. And there are cheaper ones as well. That cuts down to say fifteen hundred to two thousand a month. So, of course, go for gr- if you really need help. Uh, of course, go for that. Other than that, um, if you're just struggling with basic stress and all of those things, um, once a month therapy, at least once a month or twice a month. If you need not really, really go for every week, and you can have that conversation. Honestly, like a lot of uh, therapists do have sliding scale. So talk to your therapist about it, right? So, and sliding scale can go very low. Right now I'm taking 1200, but there are a lot of uh, therapists who take much cheaper. So it's it's about a conversation and overall work on your lifestyle. Right. Um, Otherwise, you can just work on your lifestyle changes, sleeping on time, eating on time, journaling, uh, looking into uh, making art, which is more insightful and figuring, uh, spending time with yourself, right? Spending time with yourself, honestly and authentically.
0: Okay, yeah, I think that really covers it. I mean, I've heard a lot of support groups, so I didn't really know Mm -hmm. if they would share that much. So I think that really gives a good alternative for therapy.
2: Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and it helps you it it actually gives you a community of people to actually share your thoughts with and just work on things together
1: okay uh so my next question would be that uh how do you how do we talk about getting therapy with our parents and how do we open because i think i'll just read out some of the confessions i think that's a very important topic to talk about so one person said that if you have a therapist, what will happen? If you have a therapist, you need one. Hmm. Okay, and then the person says that today youngsters are much aware about mental health issues, and that is not a problem. So hmm. today uh, youngsters are much aware about mental health issues, but our homes still have an environment where parents will be saying ki, this is all in your mind and will never take therapy as a serious option to go with. A person knowing that he needs or they need therapy is yet hesit- hesitant towards the approach okay i think an online trusted access to therapy basically uh that person is uh, talking about i think a free online platform where <laughs> they can uh, get therapy without consulting their parents or something like that but uh, this is definitely a problem mm. so how do you think we should go about it
0: I think the toughest time in the pandemic has not just been like getting a vaccine for corona, but actually dealing with mental health issues because I mean I for some reason I felt that, you know, psychologists Mm -hmm. and ignored in the whole frontline process or they were the I think they were required the most. Because you how do you deal with it here? I think I'm not the only person because I know so many of my friends who have just opened up to me and said, you know, I need help. And I'm like, Okay, you need therapy. You should go to therapy. Mm -hmm. But then again, cast. So how would you like well, I mean, what do you do in such situation, especially in the lockdown?
2: So, this is a very tricky one. Um, so, I have a lot of clients, like, for example, who leave their files with me because no one in their families know that they are seeing a psychologist. And so, their files remain with me. It is a stigma issue. It is an awareness issue. How to take this to your parents is it is a negotiation at the end of the day and and at the end of the day it's such a and i don't know what is the right solution uh, but i have um, i can give you examples of what i've seen uh, so i have seen for example some uh, some clients who who told one of their parents or say one sibling who can uh, like sort of help them with the finances after a few sessions, when they are beginning to get better, that's when they communicate it to them. And then slowly, have when they have the bandwidth to actually um, get them on board, they do so. Again, I'm not saying this is the right way or the wrong way. I'm just giving you examples of what I've seen because I honestly don't know. Because it, since it's an awareness issue, and we try this a lot, like I have done so many workshops in uh, corporates with parents, with adults, with kids, and I'm trying to tell them about how it's natural, not just for you to go to therapy, but for your kids to go to therapy as well. So in offices in very uh, uh, like high-end corporates, I've done this. So hoping to change, hoping to bring some awareness into them. But uh, okay, so that's one way. The other way is like approaching, um, so again, like approaching a teacher or someone from your school uh, or, or an adult that your parents already trust. And having them have that negotiation with them instead of you, because at the end of the day, I understand that it becomes difficult if you if you are someone who needs therapy and you're going, which means you are going through a difficult time, and it it's it becomes a very emotional and very vulnerable conversation for you to have when they just don't accept that you need help, right? And and, and it can make you feel very hopeless and helpless. So have someone else have that conversation for you some of uh, some of the clients have also done is gotten their parents along say for the first two sessions or first session just come meet this therapist see what what's happening and we can do that and then another type is family therapy where they just like call me and like hey can we just have therapy for the family and slowly it frizzles down into individual therapy so I've seen all these different kinds of Uh, ways that people have kind of convinced their parents some people have still not shared with uh, say all their parents so for for example uh, both their parents uh, for example maybe their dad knows mom doesn't know or mom knows dad doesn't know there are different ways to look into it but if you genuinely need help find an adult find any adult from school from neighborhood from your family friends however who can support you a little bit in the conversation or in the finances of it. You can, of course, find free and cheaper services if that's something that you can afford and slowly move on to having that conversation with your... Because it is, it is at the end of the day, a negotiation. I know it; it's very difficult and it's very exhausting. Um, but if that's something that you need, you kind of have to do it. Take slow steps, basically. You don't have to shift their idea about how society should work in a in a
0: day take your time with it okay so i think i we really needed that empathy because i know a lot of people who and i think a lot of people so when we before earlier we had an episode with another council psychologist and we had asked for uh what do you want us to talk about? So it asked for depression, anxiety and all. And a lot of people voted. Like usually sometimes people don't, you know, give in confessions, don't participate in polls, but they did a lot because you we were talking about mental health. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of assumed that, you know, there's so many people who need it. And mm-hmm. I think it's really reassuring that you just sort of, Empathized with us so thanks yeah
2: i can understand i mean students are going through something else altogether right like adults are obviously dealing with something but lockdown because school is so much more than just academics and two-third of your life is taken away so i'm sure it's a huge readjustment and and that's that in itself i think a lot of you just holding on is huge and i truly really laud a lot of you because of that that you can just hold on even if you're just surviving right now that's more than enough that's genuinely more than enough
0: so i think our next branch is uh, of questions is social media and mental health now i know you do a lot of reels and you're very active on social media mm-hmm. um, but i think social media so Whenever I usually open it, there's so many like quotes about mental health and therapy and do's and don'ts that this is depression, this is not whatever.
2: Do not get your mental health information from your influencers. Follow the right people, follow actual professionals. There is a tendency to over pathologize as well. If, if you're sad, we t- tend to call ourselves depressed. If you're worried, we call, uh, tend to call ourselves anxious. Don't do that. Figure things out. Uh, go to a psychiatrist, a psychologist, psychiatrist, whoever. Get your diagnosis done if if you feel something is happening. And since you guys, uh, since your followers are young youth, so yes, please take for take this forward. There are many things to work on because, oh God, we don't have budget. The government doesn't did not give mental health any budget, so. Please, uh, yes, make this make this a priority. Make make this a priority for everyone and not just for the urban English-speaking elites. Let's actually take this down to the grassroots and help everyone as we
0: go. Thank you so much. And hopefully do better and will propagate the message whatever you've taught us today. So thank you so much.
1: So that was the end of our conversation with Shwatarufa. We hoped you liked it and learned something from it. Stay safe and take care. Till then, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye and thank you for listening.